first things I like to do is immerse myself with the sales team. So yeah. I'm going to their meetings um, regularly. I'm very aligned with the, my peer and the uh, sales director. There's a certain amount of incremental sales that we're gonna go get and we kind of can divide and conquer and help each other. Hi everybody, this is Josh Becerra. Welcome to this next episode of How I Work. I'm super excited to have Wendy Sorquist with me today. Thanks for being here, Wendy. Thanks for having me. I'm thrilled to be here. Yeah. So you're uh, first, the first interview of 2024. Uh, let me give a little bit of background on you, Wendy. So Wendy's the Director of Marketing at Blaine Brothers Family of Companies. She's been there just shy of five years. Wendy and her team implement engaging marketing strategies and campaigns across all channels while supporting and continuing to grow the e-commerce site for the company. Wendy focuses much of her work on implementing new strategies that utilize latest technology and in her free time enjoys traveling and gardening. Again, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So you and I uh, met uh, for the first time when you were at Woodchuck USA. Yeah. Um, and I always love starting conversations by asking guests to tell the audience a little bit about themselves. So, you know, obviously before Blaine Brothers at Woodchuck, but even go back a little bit further. Tell us about like how you even got into marketing, what interests you about it, what yeah. your career path has kind of looked like. Um, so tell us a little of your story. Sure. My first job was in uh, at Target headquarters downtown. I was in Target Sourcing Services. The first okay. half of my career, I was in new product development and design and uh, headed up some design teams, um, worked with really creative people to kind of take super creative ideas, um, designs, inspiration, and sometimes operationalize them and uh, put yeah. processes around them. Um, I owned my own business before, um, a food business, cool. um, wore kind of all the hats in there. Um, did a little freelancing also in between there. At some point, I had decided that I wanted to pivot from new product development and design and into marketing. I was a criminal justice and sociology major, so people really interest me, people's behavior. Um, yeah. And in reality, I was doing um, working for lots of smaller entrepreneur companies where you wear lots of hats and ended up doing lots of the marketing and getting super interested in it. Um, working with technologies, even at Woodchuck USA, like CRMs and HubSpot. Um, always right. inspired me as well. So kind of pivoted into marketing. I am 100% self-taught technically, never had a business class in my life, but really have been in business um, business my whole career and marketing the latter half of the career. Yeah, well, uh, you probably don't know this about me. You and I are uh, much alike. So I was a Latin American studies Spanish double major. Wow. And you know, like, my story is much like yours. <laughs> Done my own businesses and kind of all over the place. And I love people. I love marketing. And so yeah, uh, here we are having yeah. this conversation today <laughs> about uh, about marketing and marketing teams. So you know, one of the things that I think is really cool about you and your job is that you are responsible for a family of brands. It's you know, Blaine Brothers has multiple companies um, that you kind of sit on top of as the as the marketing uh, head. Yeah. Um, so tell us a bit about those brands. Tell us about like your team size and how you kind of 
support all of these different brands? Yeah, so we have uh, an umbrella of companies, the Blaine Brothers family of companies. There's four separate business entities. We've done lots of acquisitions over the years so that we can really offer more services along the way. But at the end of the day, for a marketer, we have um, you know three separate websites. We have all different uh, separate social media channels, newsletters, yeah. lists, and so it can be kind of cumbersome, especially uh, when you first join the team. Like, wait, whoa, we're you know we wear a lot of hats. Um, yeah. We have a team, uh, six, seven, including myself. Um, it has grown a lot over the years. We've got a full-time graphic designer. Um, we have a full-time events manager. We do over 150 events in a year. Wow. Uh, we have a marketing specialist, kind of content, you know, lead driving inbound leads driven. We have a newly established uh, customer experience team, kind of marketing, um, a little new, little bit of new hire there. Um, and then we also work on our e-commerce site. And so we have some operational folks uh, from order fulfillment to taking pictures with 60 to 80,000 um, items on the site. That's kind of never ending. We have a team of interns uh, that come in a couple times a year, help us take pictures. Um, but yeah, so uh, seven of us total, we divide and conquer. And then we also uh, rely on some agency partners as well. Yeah. Yeah, it's that's amazing to be charged with you know all those different websites, um, all those different tasks. You know, yes. you're doing ecom, you're doing services. Um, I think it's pretty amazing. You know, you obviously will have resources that are getting pulled uh, in many directions all the time. So I I, I know that that you know presents challenges um, when you're executing marketing strategies. So do you have like any stories or like uh, times when you kind of felt like those resources were being constrained and then how you may have overcome them or mitigated some of those challenges? Yeah, I think things kind of ebb and flow. Our team in particular, we, you know, the, the company is over almost 45 years old, but really didn't start thinking about marketing until the last five to 10 years. And so um, when I joined the team, we had a really unique opportunity to kind of build the marketing um, structure and technologies from the ground up. And so um, our team has been uh, implementing um, our CRM over the past couple of years, uh, PIM. Um, our e-commerce site is, you know, never ending. We're always doing feature enhancements. And so I think at times when those projects are peaking, it can really feel like, wow, we're going a million miles. Um, but one of the things I'm looking forward to is we've just finished a lot of our implementations and um, now we can kind of maximize them, right? So right. they, you know, they took maybe longer than expected, but we feel like we've got all the tools that we, you know, in our toolbox that we, we really need to market well. Um, so really been working on our tech stack and super excited to streamline all of our hard work and come up with you know new processes and really utilize the technology like it should be um, instead of kind of working heavily on the implementation yeah i mean it's amazing i've obviously kind of have some ambient knowledge of when you arrived at blaine brothers and how you've been able to kind of work with leadership that when you got there was kind of like, hey, we're, we don't do a lot of this yeah. to get them like in a place kind of mentally and kind of aligned 
around the fact that like marketing is not just a cost center, but it can be um, like a growth driver. And so kudos to you for you know, like, you know, changing that leadership mindset, getting them aligned, like growing that team, getting that tech stack in place. So, you know, from that experience, can you share with the audience who are other kind of marketing leaders that are probably grappling with like getting leadership on the same page, um, how you've been able to do some of that and how you align your overarching marketing goals and vision with the C-suite? Yeah, for sure. My, uh, I do have the luxury that my boss is pretty forward thinking and pretty technology driven. And so I actually joined the company. They had already decided, hey, we're going to do an e-commerce site. And for our industry, we were really on the front front lines of that. Um, yeah. And so, you know, in a way, I'm, I feel very lucky and fortunate that we get lots of leeway on our team. Um, our, our senior leadership you know, often puts out revenue goals or, you know, some really high level projects. And then we've got a team of peers that we, you know, can kind of come together and say, hey, how are we going to get this done? Um, let, mm -hmm. You know, what kind of projects do we need to accomplish said financial goals or such projects? And then obviously those trickle down into our team super nicely as well. Um, and so, yeah, I, I hope that answers your question. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think, um, that's pretty cool that you have a leader who's kind of into technology, interested in kind of pushing the envelope a little bit. I think there's there's other um, marketing leaders that find themselves in a place where they actually have to do a lot of that convincing. So I don't know if um, you've ever had that experience in either former jobs or anything like that. And what maybe the, the if you can like compare and contrast like you know, I was at this place and yeah, that's how it felt and this is how it's different. But um, I do think that, you know, for small marketing teams, sometimes one of the hardest things to do is gain alignment yeah. with leadership. And, yeah. you know, you're lucky to have that today. Definitely. I think it's worth getting buy-in, especially from, you know, your boss. We, I always call my boss an executive champion. So yeah. him and I are aligned going in to, you know, kind of pitch our ideas or get buy-in from other leaders. We're always super aligned. Um, and I think that that has been what's make, made us super successful. We'll, when we're looking to do a large tech implementation that might cost lots of money, you know, I've been way more successful going in there, super aligned with my boss, poking holes um, in our strategy before we even go on to get buy-in from other key stakeholders or senior leadership. Sure. So I think that's yeah. one tip that's been super revolutionary for um, just our, our team in general and getting buy-in um, from other yeah. key stakeholders and executives. Yeah, like finding that, uh, yeah, that executive kind of champion yes. and actually like giving them that title so that they feel like you know, I, I have an important role in this and like I can be influential. And so, yeah, yeah. having that person as like a strongly aligned partner, exactly. super great tip. I think the other thing that we constantly ask ourselves fr from the marketing team is are our goals aligned with, mm -hmm. you know, achieving these revenue targets or these really important projects? And if they're not, we often aren't going to do them. And so I think yeah. we do a really good job at stepping back, looking at all of our initiatives from our planning and go, wait, does this really move the needle um, with the plans of the company? And so I think 
we're constantly checking ourselves, checking our tech stack. Is this still working for us? Is this doing what we want it to do? Um, yeah. And is this going to help us meet our goals? And so from a team perspective, you know, I think that constantly asking ourselves that question and, and checking yeah. our goals to make sure that they're in alignment. And we do that all year long. You know, we'll sure. get to the end of the year and go, wow, did this move the needle in the way we thought? If not, back to the drawing board. We're not giving up. Yeah. We need a second strategy here. Yeah. So outside of like leaders, obviously being a key stakeholder, mm -hmm. another big internal stakeholder is sales. Yes. And so I'm just curious, like for you, what does that look like? Um, in Blaine Brothers or what are some of your experiences either at Blaine Brothers or at other companies where like getting that stake sales stakeholder like alignment has been effective and if yeah. there's any tips you may have there. Yes, at several of my jobs, maybe even all of them, one of the first things I like to do is immerse myself with the sales team. So yeah. I'm going to their meetings um, regularly. I'm very aligned with the, my peer and the uh, sales director. Um, there's a certain amount of incremental sales that we're going to go get and we kind of can divide and conquer and help each other, whether it's our team helping sign up their customers for e-com um, and driving revenue like that. Um, yeah. I, we are not afraid on our team to get in the field. We do that a lot. Our team is completely empowered to do field work, ride-alongs with our sales folks. Um, we cool. are dying for our customers' feedback. We are Everything that we do um, revolves around those key customers and that sales team holds the accounts to those key customers. And so we want their feedback. We wanna know their pain points. If they have an idea for a feature enhancement, We've done them, you know, it's as simple yep. as that. We wanna to listen to our customers. And so again, our team's empowered to uh, meet with sales regularly. We're partnering, trying, you know, to give them tools in our CRM so the dashboards so they can easily see, you know, which leads are being driven, um, you know, which ones are hot, which ones are falling off. And we're gonna yeah. partner to kind of keep them on some sort of a journey. And so I think it's a real close partnership. Um, and, it, and very yeah. uh, grateful for, for that partnership as well. I don't know that, you know, all organizations, um, sales and marketing sure. teams a lot. I will tell you for sure that that <laughs> partnership does not exist in all organizations. And I do think it's on us as marketers to like, you know, extend the olive branch and really recognize that um, sales teams do have the, some of those key client relationships that that that's where like we as marketers can really unpack kind of where our points of differentiation are and why people actually use us our services our products and so um i think yeah mar marketers more and more need to be the ones who are like kind of getting into the sales process yeah. and understanding those customers as best they can. I think on you know a different note, we're newly implemented CRM and we've got mm -hmm. some revenue goals. And so one of the things that we're looking forward to this year is really um, revenue attribution and using all of our new tools to show what the investment payoff is um, yeah. and really have that kind of closed loop analytics. Um, so we're super excited again with our tech stack to have the tools to be able to do that because when I started, we didn't have the tools that allowed us to do that. And so now it's kind of hit the ground running. We're done with our implementation. Let's make this work. 
Um, yeah. And I think that that's going to take the partnership even with sales to a whole new level. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. And then you move away from like this kind of, well, this is my experience or my gut tells me these things. Mm-hmm. And you get to like where you're actually making decisions based on data yes. and a clear understanding of like, where are the the good leads coming from? How can we get more of those good leads? Where are we divesting exactly. our resources so that we're making sure that we're like helping them hit their goals, right? Yes, yes. Yeah, very Total cool. So, um, you know, the other piece that I think uh, you've mentioned is you, you rely on external partners and vendors. So um, I know that uh, selection of those partners is super important yeah. and you've gone through you know a number of different partners so since you've um, had some of those experiences can you share with listeners a little bit about kind of key criteria or factors that help you in choosing external partners or vendors yeah I at a minimum always get three quotes so you know just having yeah. options and being able to look at you know different quotes and proposals is always helpful I know everybody says this, but I'm always looking for an agency that's an extension of my team. And I guess, what does that mean? Um, We work agilely, you know, and I value that. There are problems that might arise that are unanticipated, um, that we could never predict. And sometimes, you know, traditional scopes of work don't totally align with that. So being kind of flexible to solve problems as they come up or develop technologies in sort of an agile way um, has been important uh, to have agency buy-in as well. Um, one thing that's important to me just, you know, through these implementations is always having access to who's my technical resource. You know, sometimes it doesn't work well for me to go through somebody else to communicate feedback. And so kind of having direct access to, um, developers or, um, you know, depending on what the project is, is, is very important to me. Um, I'm trying to think of what else. Um, yeah, well, I love that you mentioned like you're looking for people to be an extension of your team. Like that's definitely one thing here at Agurian that we try to do, uh, of course, is really figure out, you know, where is it that we fit in our uh, partners kind of skill sets? Where can we really bring thought leadership and help partners like see what's around the next corner? And um, And so I think that that's, super important and then you know the fact that like trust and just knowing that you have somebody who can take this body of work whatever it is like I just know I have a strong partner in this area that when I ask them to do something it's going to get done because you you are obviously you know working on a bunch of different things all at one time. And so just knowing that you can trust and have that partner, I think is also something I've heard um, from a lot of people. And being able to be transparent with your partners. You know, Mm -hmm. if you guys are all thinking something on the other end, by all means, communicate it to us because uh, it it only helps the partnership if we, you know, can kind of know the the good, bad, the ugly, um, and make help make decisions along the way. So being transparent, I think, when you're interviewing um, agencies or different partners, just ensure, you know, asking who your team's going to be. Is this going to be the te- same team? Can we meet the team prior? That's, you know, always smart work as well. Um, yeah. But yeah, having a little bit of flexibility on both ends to um, to meet each other's needs and, and make it feel like a true partnership. 
has been yeah yeah I love that mm -hmm. um, all right so we'll shift gears a little right. bit into just like the new year right you're the, our first how I work interview of 2024 um, you know we've got AI uh, that everybody's talking about. So like, let's just talk about those two things. You know, what, what's, what are you excited about in the new year? Where do you think, uh, AI is going or how are you maybe approaching it? Yeah. Um, you have just thoughts about those things? Well, um, yes. The coolest thing that I've seen AI do recently, um, is, from a design standpoint. So we're, we are mocking up, uh, we're building a new um, facility, one our truck align locations, building a new facility and we're under construction and we're trying to mock up our showroom. And there's things that traditionally could take a long time, like, hey, move this ladder out, you know, erase this garbage, you know, cause we're really trying to mock up a clean view. And um, yeah. some of the things that would take a lot of time or traditionally be really time consuming. We tried, uh, the, our graphic designer tried out the AI tool and gave some simple prompts like remove the ladder, remove the trash, you know, illuminate the back counter and it did it. And wow, that's so, cool. so that's the coolest new discovery we have is some of the cumbersome design stuff um, can easily be done with AI. We did a little bit of um, experimenting last year with AI where we'd have our, you know, our blogger write blogs and then we'd kind of prompt, you know, AI to do some blogs, look at both of them. I couldn't tell the difference. So right. um, I think the common theme with AI is that just there's always got to be that human touch. You know, we're using sure. it. Um, I know we can write emails with it. You know, you can do all kinds mm -hmm. of things, but always having that human touch is key. Yeah. Um, yeah. so yeah, we're using, you know, HubSpot's got some new tools, um, some new AI tools that they were talking about at the conference this year and imaging. And so we are totally dabbling in it, um, and having lots of fun with it and learning new things. I don't think it's going away and I'm excited to see what cool new things we uncover this year about AI, but, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, I, I, I feel like, you know, right now. At Agurian, where we have kind of two different teams, one is really focused on like, you know, where can we just gain efficiency? Where can, like you're saying, like your design process, remove the ladder, and it's like instantaneous, yes. right? Like that is just gaining efficiency, and the more efficiency we can gain, especially on kind of the tasks that are a little bit more redundant, and you know then we can take that time savings and put it into strategy and put it into like the higher value things anyway. So I think that's super important. And then the second piece is just really continuing to pay attention to like the, the early innovators and the early adopters of these technologies and seeing like, okay, how is this, how, what success or failures are they having and what can we learn from it? Totally. And then once we've learned from the early uh, innovators and early adopters, we can bring some of those new things into our clients yep. um, kind of that are a little bit further on the adoption curve. So yep. um, yeah, 2024 is gonna, be, is gonna be pretty amazing, I think, for marketers and AI. Yeah, I'm in the, um, the transportation industry too, and I just think that we're going to see a lot from AI in the future. Um, I think in terms of, you know, telematics and fleet management, you know, we've, we are doing yeah. largely doing that with some technology and human touch. And I think adding that AI component on there, 
um, is something that I'm excited to watch for in 2024 and beyond, especially in our industry. So really excited yeah. to see, see what it can do. Yeah, it's going to transform every industry. So, mm-hmm. oh, this has been a great interview, like yeah. super fun to chat with you about all these things. So the one last question that I always ask all of my guests okay. is just kind of who you pay attention to, who you are seeing as thought leaders, or are you reading some books or listening to podcasts and yeah. what's uh, taken your interest recently? Yeah, I think it kind of depends on what we're doing. We've been, you know, implementing our CRM, so kind of CRM meetup groups and I love yeah. to look at local agencies like yourself. What are they doing? What are what podcasts are they listening to? Always asking for recommendations. Um, going to you know different meetups and such. Um, folks are having guest speakers. Um, we are again heavy in the e-commerce. One of our favorite events is the Irish Titan e-commerce forum. Um, every yeah. year, our whole team ends up going and. Um, so yeah, I I look to our agency partners and friends to drive some of that and. Um, just always trying to connect locally and um, also awesome. get recommendations from you guys too. So, sure. Yeah. Well, very cool. Well, Wendy, uh, thank you so much for taking your time today. I know you're super busy. Um, this has been a great episode of How I Work. It's all we have time for today, but uh, thank you. Thank you. It was my pleasure and so happy to be here. Yeah.